0: Now Christianity has its 13th apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? You be the 13th Apostle.
1: The Odyssey, not the Odyssey. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, beautiful, and the true of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church, and uh, difficult questions involving suffering of innocence. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host Dan Duddy. Hey, Tom. Danny.
0: Good, buddy. How are you?
1: All right. That's good. So the, um, so theodicy, you know, it's, uh, This is, you know, the question of why does a good God allow not just suffering, but innocent suffering? Odysseus, on his odyssey, you know, that was 10 years. This has been going on from the beginning of human history. Uh, We're probably close to it anyway. And we are going to talk about the greatest story that dives into this question uh in the book of job and it's interesting you know the uh the old testament is really known as uh, the hebrew scriptures because to them there's no new testament (laughs) it's just their testament and um they uh, as but there's no indication that job was jewish uh, and this, uh, most uh, biblical scholars say that the book of Job may not be historical, but it's like so many things that are whether it's myth, legend, that they tell tell a truth. You know, they're vehicles for truth, whether or not they actually happened. You know, we we learn morals to. Our stories, right? To go throughout, whatever Grimm's fairy tales, uh, the Arthurian King Arthur uh, legends and whatnot. You know whether or not something's happened. They all carry morals. And the morals to the story. What's the moral to the story? And uh, so, but anyway, it's interesting that although you know it's not in the the Torah, the main books of uh, for the Jews, it is in the Hebrew scriptures. There's no indication that he was Jewish. But there were practices and traditions, and they're in that story. So, um, so you know, it's really—I it's, want to hear your take on it. You don't have to give me the whole—let's let's not give us the whole summary. But, you know, is there anything initially that you want to say about the, the Book of Job?
0: Yeah, sure. So I guess we can generally call ourselves New Testament people because, you know, we uh, we have witnessed Christ through the through the Gospels and we witness Christ through our prayer and through our personal relationship with Christ. Whereas in the nature of Job, as you just said, no sense in me uh, reemphasizing that. But what I want to emphasize and I think is hugely important is that is the, the humanity, the humanness of Job and his story of wealth and health and family having been completely destroyed, which we can get into in a little bit. And how we here, uh, you know, in, in the New Testament can absolutely relate to tragedy, the very same humanness and, and, uh, and tragic happenings that happened to Job. Maybe not the exact tragedies that happened to Job because it was immense what happened. Or, or, or depending how you want to look at that, what was taken from him by, by Satan himself when our Lord unleashed satan to do it what satan made happen but what's really cool is the fact that god is you know omnipresent he's 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 in the present so it's the same god same truth same humanity in job thousands and thousands of years ago is the same humanity that lives with us today so the story of job is very very inspiring and extremely relatable to us today in 2024 and i think that's really important that's a, that's a great connector between old and new and us who are living with the walking with the living Christ in the new in the new testament
1: well i think that you know taking in this from the what we would call the rabbinical standpoint of the rabbis uh, the scholars it's really interesting, and you look at again. We've talked about this many times. you Look at the original languages. In this case, Hebrew for the most part. There's a lot more to it uh, than what we often see just uh, into when we read it in English, and you know. So it's interesting. It's just like there's wrestling matches in here, and there's wrestling matches for us with this book, and it's mainly with the introduction. You know, why would a good God Allow innocent suffering. It's a reason why people don't come to faith or they give up their faith when they become adults or they're in adulthood and they come up to it. They'd have a terrible experience. I mean, we all have and will have a terrible experience, even if that terrible experience is just our eventual death. Uh,
0: What I did find interesting about Job, though, was in light of what, what you were just saying, he never cursed. God. And, and it was a powerful loss. I mean, he, he, had, he had so much wealth and livestock that, were, that was destroyed when Satan visited God and God said, go for it. You know, he's Jokes hey, how, one of my...
1: But how do, you, uh, how do you square that, though? Would you, you, would you if you knew what someone was going to do to your son or daughter, would you allow that to happen short of death? Are
0: you, are you talking to me? Or are you talking regarding God, the Father himself?
1: Or you well, I'm to... saying what God did, I mean, he had a wager with Satan. I mean, let's face it. He's having a bet with Satan, or as the Hebrews would say, Satan. And the Hebrews don't at all believe that uh, the Jews don't believe that Satan, Satan is not a noun, it's an adjective. Satan is in in some ways I mean they do say the translation in Hebrew is uh, deceiver is prosecutor and there's a lot of uh, writing about Satan actually they say the Satan is a um, has a respected position has let's say the chief prosecutor in the heavenly courts and God is saying okay well have you ever seen a man as upright as Job? And Satan is saying, well, wait a minute. He's got all this beauty. He's got all these blessings, if you want to call them that. He's got all this good. Well, of course, of course he's going to be, you know, holy or devout or whatnot. Take it away from him and see how he is. Right? And so, so they, it's like a game. It's a game with a wager.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think we could ever really ever come to comprehend God and his reasoning, his true reasoning, other than the fact that he's all love. And we've got to we've got to trust in that. And I'll never doubt, never doubt why why God would allow such things. But there's an immense beauty that came from this. First of all, God absolutely stands behind his son, Job, and says he's a really special guy. All right. And there's no one else like him. He's blameless and he's upright yeah so and so
1: would you do that to your son?
0: so let me go on so Satan can, Satan says that he's only righteous because God's given him so much and and so God permits him to go and do what Satan does, and God knows that the reason his uprightness stands in the fact that he does not curse God, but God also knows because he knows everything that the main part of what's going to come with this is that and this is the main part of the story it's huge is that His own wife, Job's own wife, told Job he should be cursing God. And he got upset with his own wife. No, I will not do that. And then his three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, they came in and said, you must have done something absolutely horrible because God is laying this on you. And he still wouldn't. Oh,
1: hold on, hold on. I can tell you're a footballer because you can't wait to get to the end zone.
0: Well, it's important. It's a, it's an
1: answer to your question. No, no. Well, wait a second, though. You're saying what yeah, kind but of no. God but hold on, did, hold on. What, so slow down. down about his God. friends. How did his friends know to show up?
0: He was in mourning for.
1: Yeah, seven but how did days. they know? There's no indication that they know.
0: I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you how they knew.
1: Right. So, um, and notice though there that God friends. didn't were, notice that daily, God, noticed that God friends. didn't take his wife, and yeah. God didn't take his friends. And the the uh, the, tradition, the lengthy tradition is that God didn't take his wife. Job's wife took him everything else, pretty much, but not his wife because the loss of a wife is like death. And remember, he said this. He said to Satan, "Don't kill him." So you do all yeah. this other stuff. But you can't. So, but, don't don't didn't, but you didn't. But you didn't do anything about his. You didn't take his wife because losing your wife is like is like death. And losing, you know, you've got friends. Well, there's no indication, there's no mass communication back then. And so the point of that part is that close friends, true blue friends, loving friends, just know. They know when, they have a sense that something's wrong with another friend. And so they show up. And in the Jewish tradition, you know, they show up and they don't say anything. Because one of the worst things is, you well know, people, when there's a tragedy, a bad thing, certainly a loss of life, an unexpected loss of life, people mm-hmm. show up and they say things. They mean well.
0: But yeah, it's reverence. The silence is reverence for, for the grief.
1: Yeah. It's reverence for the grief. It's reverence for that person, the, the person you love. And, and mm-hmm. you can't say anything that's gonna assuage that grief. Just let it happen. And that's what these friends do. They and that's the Jewish tradition of Shiva, sitting Shiva. They show up, they're mourning, but they're not saying anything until that magical seventh day, that holy seventh day passes. Okay. You know, and Thank then and then as you say, then they you know, they start you know, they start they start on him. Yeah, they break loose, yeah. But how do you, there's a, there is a, you know that expression, the Lord give, the Lord take, blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's a difficulty for many people. What's the point of the Lord taking? Mm-hmm. Well, Again, well, how does a good God, and you can't just say, see, I know what you're going to do, because you've already done it. Well, we can't know the mind of God. Well, but Job, that's not enough.
0: That's what Job tells us. Job actually comes out and says, how can we truly satisfy the justice of God when he's so mysterious and he exceeds human comprehension? That's in the story of Job.
1: That's in the story, but that's not in the beginning. He's got to lay out his prosecutorial, you know, why are you, Why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me?
0: No, no. He cursed the day he was born. He never cursed God. I
1: didn't say he cursed God, but he doesn't know why, why? this is happening to me. This is massive Unimaginable suffering.
0: Okay, but I thought you just said, "How could you do this to me?" I thought you just said that. That's why I responded the way I did, because that was not Job. There was a tremendous amount of humility in his cowering into a dark corner on Earth, saying, "I can't take this. I curse the day." I you know,
1: no, but he the is challenging I'm... God. He is challenging God uh, in in this uh, narrative, and you know we you know we get to. Uh, you know, if he's, yeah, he's cursed in the day he was born. But you know, w- w- he wants to know why? Why would this happen? What else could I have done? And we can imagine ourselves in this situation. Well, I'm really trying to be a good guy, I followed your your laws, your precepts. You know, living living properly. Uh, you know, being f- a faith-filled guy, and look at what has happened to me. And obviously, God. God allowed it, otherwise it wouldn't have happened. So, you know, that's uh, that's when you got the back and forth between the uh, the friends and Job. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, I'm not born knowing this stuff, When i not born knowing this stuff, you know, I learned these things and whatnot. And it's very interesting to say, you know, eventually the three friends become two. And they're both saying, you must have done something. Right you know yeah. you must have been you, you you must have sinned so you yeah. got to examine yourself where what did what did you do and he's saying no 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 i've exa- i haven't done anything and they're pushing back saying you must have and you know what the, you know what it is it's kind of like and anybody out there in our audience who's been a caregiver to somebody to a loved one who's got a protracted problem you know right. and the worst of course that we are probably the easiest to imagine is maybe alzheimers it's very common, it's well known in the healthcare world that you start taking it out, taking out your frustration, your impotence at being able, not being able to help your loved one. That something, it's, you, you take it out on them even though they're totally innocent. And it seems like that's what Job's friends are doing. And it's also what human nature is, that that suffering is so terrible. I don't want to ever have to go through what my loved one is going through. So, what did you do to bring this upon yourself? Because if you didn't do anything to bring this upon yourself and it's random or it could happen, it could happen to anybody, that means it could happen to me. And that's terrifying.
0: Yeah, that's true. I agree. And
1: but but that, the three that, friends become two. And the suggestion is that the one friend couldn't take it anymore and left. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and now you have the two you know so that's what and that's traditional morality in the, you know in the torah you if you if you live according to the law you'll have a good life mm-hmm. if you don't you're going to have troubles and that's what they're saying his friends he are was, saying
0: yeah and I, I and i think that he was also accused by his friends that along these lines like hey hey job you're out there helping people all the time in their pain and now here you got this major infliction of pain and suffering you must be full of soup you know what I mean? You must not really know people's pain. You must be kind of like acting this out because here you are, you know, getting hammered by by God Himself. But true, it this did become very confusing to Job, and it did cause a lot of a lot of anxiety. True. And if, and you know, as we're moving through the story, that he did he did seek out God. He wanted to get answers from God. Uh, and you know he he just he, he wants to know. How could this happen? Like, what's, what's going on here? So he desires for, in prayer and so forth, someone to mediate, you know, between himself and God and uh, to get some answers. And as you know, and I'll turn it over to you, God, God comes to him,
1: right? Yeah, and I mean, essentially, God tells Job, you know, that he's right and your friends are wrong. And, you know, you, you were an upright man. It wasn't that you did anything well, Job's asking, you know. Well, okay. Essentially, why then? Why am I suffering? And in fact, Job refers to his friends in the Hebrew word as windbags. And I got a kick out of, uh, out of you. You called,
0: you called me that once.
1: No, I, I'm sure it was more than once. <laughs> we've been doing I this. thought
0: you were going to deny it. You said i was first. <laughs> we, We've
1: been doing this how many years? <laughs> Oh. Right, wh- windbags bag,
0: wind call other people windbags. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> That's why
1: I say you're biblical. Oh,
0: <laughs> uh, that's why all this time, man. I've been going to sleep with a smile on my face.
1: You are biblical. All right. Um, and, you know, so he's he's saying that God, essentially, what God, God gives him a, uh, the grand tour of creation, of the cosmos. And some of the real specific things about uh, uh, the you know about the cosmos, and you know it's how complex it is, right? And uh, you know, so I think that you know, and we're we're cogs in the universe. We we are cogs. And Absolutely. i yeah. read something that was fascinating uh, about this. And so, I mean, learning this was was amazing. And they, it was a rabbi who used a, um, uh, a story to analogy to try to explain that we're, we're, we're cogs in the universe. We're special, but, we're, but every part of a machine, every cog in the wheel is, is special, plays a role. And it's, so now we're in this cosmic play. And it began millennia ago and will presumably continue for millennia. And so there's a Shakespearean aspect to this. Imagine you're in a play. So somebody's complaining about their role. It's a bit role, you know, a bit part. So imagine you're in a play and uh, you know, the role is, that is limited to you entering the stage. And then you slip on a banana peel. You break your leg. And that's it. They take you out. And you complain to the director and the director says you know there are thousands of lines thousands of words in this play that preceded yours and thousands will follow yours and the ones that preceded led up to your part and the ones that follow follow off your part so you and if you make a change here it could be a, a big ramification there and another a rabbi wrote that, imagine the sneeze happening in, well, I'm going to say New Jersey, and then there's a tsunami in Asia, from the, the the buildup of what's following that sneeze. And so the, the point is, you know, that everybody has this role. We don't know why, because God doesn't answer Job. He never gives him an answer to his question. And we don't have... We don't have a definitive answer to the question of why a good God allows. There's no shortage of of, resp- of responses over the ages, but there's no definitive answer in the book of Job. This is why I allowed this to happen to you.
0: But there is an answer between the lines when we're given, because we, we're, we have this wonderful gift of imagination and discernment, that Job asks for forgiveness for his friends, for their... Lousy advice, and that is what's most pleasing to God amidst all of this, amidst all of His anger and all of His suffering. Job still comes forward and asks for forgiveness for his friends, for their you know their heresy, their lousy theology, and and that really really pleases God to the point where He then restores tenfold, hundredfold Job's health. Twice as much property, new children.
1: Okay, and, so Dan Dan life. has suddenly lost uh, his remaining seven children. Uh, but in and still finds a way. Six months, you get twenty-four children. <laughs> so it, it, the the point I'm making is that the new gain never replaces the old loss. No and it doesn't replace that loss. The question is always how do you how do you see how do you interpret this experience and i I think the interpretation that I loved that I love the most about the Book of Job and how it unfolds and how it ends is that job's saying, no, if I'm righteous, then why do I suffer?" You know, the friends say that I must have done something wrong, and God says that they're wrong. Okay, so what? God doesn't answer. But God says, and and this is the point of God, God's, God is responding to Job. There's a difference between a response and an answer or a solution, but he is, he is responding. And what he's saying is that I just want you to know that I'm here. I'm here with you uh, as you suffer. You know, you 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 won't understand. But I'm not here for an intellectual purpose. I'm not in here for an intellectual response so you can understand, but to give you compassion, hope, strength, love. I'm here to give you me. You were looking for an answer. I gave you me. You found me. You found God. That's right.
0: Yeah, we are subjected. We are are the author of nothing. But we do have a will. And it's in Job's will, in spite of his uh, immense suffering, That he still forgave his friends. He knows that he's the author of nothing. And it's, it's, it's,
1: well, he's the author of that forgiveness.
0: Yeah, his own will. But he's not the author of life and he's not the author of death. We're subjected to the generosity of of God.
1: God makes the the rain fall on the the good and the bad and the sun shine on the good and the evil. Yep. It's, uh, these these are, these are difficult, uh, uh, difficult questions. And they don't, this is not like a TV series or a TV show where it wraps up in a nice neat bow at the end. There's still wrestling matches. Yeah. yeah. You know, once you go, once you suffer, and you believe you're innocent in that suffering, you're looking for a response, or you're going to be quiet, you're going to shut your mouth, you're going to go through that, that desert, and you're going to... If you're looking for God, then you'll find God. You're not going to get the solution to the problem that you had in your mind You're going to find God.
0: Yeah, I'm just amazed at the truth, the presence of the truth across all time, across all chronology, and the human consistency of God's creation that we can relate to Job and that God is in the present at all times, as is the truth. I think that in itself is a beautiful story of Job, among many other beauties within the story of Job. Yeah.
1: You know, from the last thing we'll say, we're running out of time is, uh, thinking about, again, another rabbi said, if we didn't have the Holocaust, we wouldn't have the State of Israel. That's not a reason, the State of Israel is not the reason to have a Holocaust. But you just never know what can come out, a good that can come out of a terrible, terrible experience and and suffering. So we, we look for God to transform us you know, open, open ourselves to transformation, whatever difficulty we're going through.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen.
1: Okay, brother. What do we got coming up?
0: All right, stay tuned, uh, folks, for The Angelus and Your Prayer Intentions with Peter and Jimmy.
1: See, we just tied a nice neat bow on this, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have the solution, but we Til, had nice Till video. next time, yeah. Oh, we still next time. All right. Uh, WQPH Radio, thank you for your support. I look for your continued support. God bless you, Danny.
0: God bless you, Windbag. I mean, Tom. God bless you, Tom. (laughs) God bless you all, everyone. (laughs) Till next time, God bless you all. See you, Tommy. See you, Danny. Thank you for listening to The 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com. Or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be the 13th Apostle?